0: That's who. And the Andy Moore automotive group pipeline, I can tell you this. Bally Sports Indiana, he's going to have it tonight down in Atlanta to start a western road swing. You've got the Pacers and the Hawks and Kristen areas with us. Are you off the bus?
1: I'm off the bus. I'm in State Farm Arena <clears throat> watching your favorite Pacer, number 33, Miles Turner, uh, workout right now individually uh, before the game tonight. So I'm sitting here courtside.
0: What's 33 working on right now? What's he doing?
1: Uh, He was working on post moves. Uh, He does a lot of work before the game with Lloyd Pierce. Uh, Now he's shooting some uh, mid-range shots. Uh, He's been very effective this year on the block shooting that bank shot. Uh, He was doing that as well. Uh, He and T.J. McConnell are out on the floor right now as we speak.
0: You know, here's the thing that, that struck me, and Kristen Airy joins us, is it, w- we can see this team you know, not going to be as fluid as it was, not going to score as much, because you take away so much when you lose Tyrese Halliburton. How do you see this whole thing evolving while he's out, though, to hopefully – I call this a survival trip here. If you can survive in one of those games you really would like to be able to survive and win is tonight in Atlanta.
1: Yeah, no question. I mean, this this will be a tough game. Just from the standpoint that you've beaten them twice, you scored 150 points twice against the Hawks. 157 down here in November, and then a week ago, 150 at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. So you, you'd have to believe that you know they're they're gonna they're gonna have something to say. But you know this team, you know four times this year's played without Tyrese. They're two and two. Uh, They got the win the other night against Washington. One of their most impressive wins of the year, John, was right before the in season tournament on a Saturday night uh, in Miami without Tyrese, and I think they scored 144 points. So they, you know, they proved that they could do that. Now, we all know uh, Tyrese, right now, probably the best point guard in the NBA and his ability to score and pass. But this team has a lot of depth. Uh, I think they're better situated this year to handle Tyrese's absence. Do you want that absence? Absolutely not. You want to have your best player on the floor each and every night. But uh, I I thought the way they survived a little bit on Wednesday was important. That was a little bit of a trap game. Uh, You were coming in off a very emotional game on Monday where you saw Tyrese go down and then you had to rally to beat the team with the best record in the NBA in Boston. And then you have a team coming in with six wins. So, Oftentimes, that's, that's a hard game to play, but I thought the Pacers did what they needed to do, uh, get the win, and uh, we'll see what happens tonight. But, you, you know, they'll, they'll play a little bit differently. I was listening to you early, clearly on that pick and roll. You know, Tyrese is one of the best. Yes. But you also have McConnell, who's played very well off the bench. I look for Andrew Nembhard to to bounce back and have a better game tonight than he had Wednesday night at home against Washington.
0: Yeah, you you can just you can just tell, and you know what? I can understand that because we're talking about an elite level Chris passer and finder and scorer, who's that ultimate threat? So you're just you are going to be focused in on that, and it's just kind of with a guy like Bruce Brown, for example. Nothing against Bruce Brown, but it's just drastically different than him doing that right now on the fly than what we have seen with Halliburton. So it stand yeah. to reason. It would stand to reason that there's going to be a workout, a kind of working through process here.
1: No question. I think the one thing that's been good during this uh, win streak, if you will. They've won eight of the last nine. But it really dates back, I think, to the Memphis game before Christmas is this team has been much better defensively. And it's been 12 or 13 games where I think they're 17th in the NBA in uh, in defense. And, you know, some people would say, well, G-17 doesn't sound very good. Well, they were 28th or 29th, and that's where they rank on the year. So I think their attention to the detail on the defensive end has been much better, and and that can help you when your offense maybe is not as good as it needs to be. I mean, the other night they won, and they shot 32% from three-point range and 44% from the field. They've not done that very often this year. So I, I think it's good to find other ways to win that you're just not constantly outscoring teams. And I think uh, I, I think that's one of the things that can help them moving forward.
0: All right, I want to get back to this matchup with the Hawks. Kristen Neri joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, but I want to look ahead. Sunday, Monday, is it every year when you guys go out west that you go from Denver to Salt Lake City or vice versa?
1: <laughs> it feels
0: like it. In a, in and, a back-to-back, you know, in a back-to-back.
1: Well, and you have on this road trip, you have two back-to-backs. Uh, you, you, you have a back-to-back next Thursday and Friday in Sacramento and Portland. Now, the back-to-back could be worse on Sunday, Monday. The fact that Sunday's game is an afternoon game is a little bit more tolerable in going to Salt Lake City on Monday. But, but you know, you're in the mile-high city. You've got to get adjusted to that. You're facing somewhat of the same extreme in Salt Lake City. So, you know, you know this is as long a road trip as you're going to have in the NBA, six games, 12 days. And you've just got to find a way to overcome that.
0: Yeah, I and see, from what I have been told, the players have said that is the roughest of the back-to-backs. If you go mountain time zone to mountain time zone. And I, and I would agree with you. It seemed like you get used to it in Denver and be more prepared for it in Salt Lake City. But it also seems like maybe your legs will be a little bit more flimsy on that second of the back-to-back in the mountain time zone that's that's just what players have told me in the past
1: yeah and especially if you look at utah they're playing pretty well right now i think they they've won 12 to 16 they routed milwaukee at home uh, the other night before milwaukee milwaukee routed boston last night so yeah the, the other piece of that john is if you if you're playing a night-night back-to-back denver utah from downtown denver to the airport um it's 40, 45 minutes. So, you know, if if you're, if you're playing one of those night games, you've got a 45-minute ride to the airport before you ever get on the flight, and you're looking at 3, 3.30 in the morning in getting in for the back-to-back. I mean, the good news is, like I said, Sunday is an afternoon game, so that mitigates that a little bit. But, but it's still a tough back-to-back, you know, against – the defending NBA champs, and then a Utah team that's playing very well right now.
0: All right. Chris Denary joins us tonight. It's in Atlanta for Chris and Quinn and uh, Jeremiah Johnson. Uh, Of course, you got the matchup with the Hawks. And a week ago, it was all Pacers set a record for assists, 150 on the board. Has anything outside for the Pacers other than Halliburton and this injury changed, especially on the Atlanta side of things?
1: Well, I mean, Trey Young had one of the poor games I've ever seen him play. In fact, it was the second fewest points he had scored ever against the Pacers and the only other time he was lower than that was his first game as a rookie. I think he had nine. Uh he had thirteen points. He has not shot the ball well at all of late. And so that's a little bit scary because the last time we were here in that one fifty seven, one fifty two game, he had thirty eight and he was he was hitting from everywhere, from uh, the Hawks logo at the at the center circle. I mean, they've got a talented team. I mean, DeJounte Murray that games of twenty eight and thirty against the Pacers, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, they've got Clint Capella in the middle. It's what I've told people, you know, about the NBA and you watch it all the time, John. There are a lot of good players and and teams, you know, with poor records, they're they're going they can beat you every night. So I, I would have to believe that Quinn Snyder will have his team motivated based on what happened a week ago. Uh, but I also think the Pacers are in a good place. Uh, they're 7 over 500 for the first time in quite a while. And and they feel like, you know, they're on a little bit of a run right now. They've won 8 of 9 after losing 6 of 7. Uh, they've got a very deep team. Uh, the other night against Washington, you had 7 in double figures and not one guy had 20 points. So they feel like they have a lot of people that can step forward on any given night and get the job done.
0: Did you happen to see last night Barkley mentioned Miles regarding the All-Star game? Yes, yes, uh-huh. <laughs> I, uh-huh. Loved it. I loved it. I put my fist in the air. So
1: I mean, Miles, if you look at Miles, just, just look at his numbers. Yeah. And you look at what he did last year, career-high numbers, and he's, mm-hmm. he's nearly matched those this year. And I think all around he's blocking two shots per game. Of late, he's shooting about 40% from three and 60% from the field. I mean, you can just tell he's in a great place. Uh, He loves being with the Pacers. He loves playing with Tyrese Halliburton. And, you know, if if you look at leadership on this team, I'd have to say that he, McConnell, Halliburton, and, and James Johnson being back are guys that it really set the tone for this group. And uh, it's really good to see miles in that, uh, in that perspective.
0: Yeah. He just, if, if there is anybody on this team that has been most beneficial regarding the, the whole evolution of Tyrese Halliburton, since he got here in that trade, it's been 33 without question.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really cool for me. I mean, I've, I've done this 18 years and, you know, watching, players grow up on and off the floor and sometimes it's hard for me to believe that miles has been here nine years and that he's 27 years old now he's still young i mean he's still in his prime but uh you know he's here now he just got done working out there's a bunch of uh, little kids here in the end zone that he's talking with i mean it's just good to see where he is and and how his career has evolved
0: yeah, man, no doubt about that. And um, That's all, all Halliburton. You know, the other thing you brought up, TJ McConnell, Chris, and, you know, we we talk about people always want to say, well, you know, he's leading by example, you know, showing the younger players how the game should be played. And while I don't dispute that whatsoever – but what he does on a game-to-game basis is gives a very high-scoring team offensively more looks at it, more opportunities, an extra opportunity at it. And once you get to the fourth quarter, that adds up those extra opportunities. That's, that is, to me, the biggest deal in what he brings to the table, even outside of that high level of this is what I do, this is how you follow me stuff.
1: Yeah, and I think if you look at just raw numbers – the Pacers are the leading scoring team in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. So that means they, they lead all teams in scoring in the second half. And I, I just think with guys like TJ and their bench, they just wear teams down. I mean, that's, that's been the beauty of the depth, that uh, they're built You know, for 48 minutes, and it really pays off.
0: It's uh, Chris Tadary, Valley Sports, Indiana with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I know you have a lot to do. When are you and Quinn going to shoot that stand-up here relatively soon?
1: Uh, we're still in good shape. Rick Carlisle meets with the media here in about 13 minutes uh, with a 7.30 start. Uh, we will rehearse uh, at about 6.30. And then J.J., Eddie Gill is with us on this road trip, so uh, he'll be with J.J. in the pregame and the postgame at halftime. Uh, but uh, we'll go. We'll go on the air pregame at seven. Quinn and I have the night off as far as the pregame is concerned. So uh, the first time you'll see us is uh, seven thirty tonight on Valley Sports.
0: Nah, should be fun to watch. Certainly big one tonight. You get you get this, and that's off to a good start. You lose it, and I, I think that trip seems even more daunting. If that makes sense, Chris.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, anytime you go west, I, I was looking last year we had a seven game, 13 day road trip. That's (laughs) the longest that I ever remember in in my career. And I think the Pacers were two and five. And I I think most people would say, again, you're trying to win every game. I mean, there's no question about that, but if you could, you could go three and three. I mean, if you, if you could go four and two, if you could go three and three, you know, if you go four and two on this trip, you'd consider that a major statement, especially without Tyrese Allenberg. But I think you're right. This, this is a tone setter tonight if the pacers can get this and and jump out 1 and 0 on this six game road trip then it it puts them in good uh a good spot the rest of the way and it
0: should be noted as we close here chris that coming off these long road swings like this the toughest that some will say is that first home game once you return their first home game back on the 23rd is against the defending nba champion denver nuggets followed by a thursday game at home against (laughs) philly and a back-to-back thursday friday philly and phoenix that's difficult right there
1: Yeah, so somebody tell me about that schedule and and tell me about the NBA. I mean, there are no no nights off. I mean, yeah, you're right. You come home and play three of the best teams in the NBA. Now, granted, Phoenix is struggling right now a little bit record-wise, but they pounded the Lakers last night in L.A. Yeah, you come home, and that's what you have in in, in front of you after you play six straight on the road.
0: We also saw Halliburton shooting a little bit earlier today, too. So that that was was a great
1: sign. Uh, Yeah. You know, when we were at the shoot-around today to see him out there with his teammates and and then to do that after practice, uh, that, that was great to see.
0: We'll be watching later on tonight, Chris. I appreciate you. All right. Thanks, John.
2: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
0: Mike Wells of ESPN Radio joins us now at the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. And one of the reasons we've done these Mike Wells' slow jam reentries is because how much we loved the lover man, Jerry Wade, who passed away earlier this week. And Mike, thanks for joining us. This is for you. Chill.
3: Let's chill, baby. And we got to get the first couple words into it, too. Let's chill. Oh, Oh, yeah. Here we go. Oh, here we go. From the first time I saw your face, girl, I knew I had to have you. Wanted to ram you in.
0: Man, that's awesome.
3: A warm embrace. Oh, here we go. Let me get this one right here. You got it. Go Go ahead. This face. Oh, here we go. Oh, my <laughs> love is for you.
0: Whatever you want, I will do. Oh, yeah. That's, hey, I love
3: me some Guy.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure that, that somewhere Aaron Hall and Teddy Riley probably would not be too proud of that effort. But I mentioned <laughs> this. I mentioned this, Mike, is the reason why we do this is and have done this for years, is because we were listeners to The Quiet Storm, and we were listeners to the lover man, Jerry Wade, who made that so iconic, so famous here for, what, the better part of three decades here in central Indiana. And when I heard that he passed early in the, this week, that I thought about this segment every Friday, and I thought about you and what – you know, somebody in this case on the radio and Jerry meant to us and everybody else out there. And I thought we had to hit this thing right with Guy, with Teddy and, and Aaron Hall coming back in and in, in honor and R. I. P. and a sky point to one of the greatest radio personalities ever to have been on the air here in Indy, who will be missed in Jerry Wade, the lover man. Passed away earlier this week at the age of sixty three.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I got I got two stories off of that. The first one is I met Jerry Wade uh, shortly after I left ESPN full-time in August of 2022. And I made it make-up, like, hey, Jerry, you know, uh, big fan of your show, blah, blah, blah. I would love to try to just come in and sit in on the show. Just enjoy, you know, put my feet up, enjoy some old-school R&B. I never got around to doing it. And, you know, I sent our good friend Amp Harris a text afterwards after I saw Amp's tweet. And he said, life's too short. So I regret not doing that. But I'm going to take it a step further, John, to show the type of listenership you have on your show and what we have from people paying attention. Classes at IU started up this week, and in my lecture hall class, 125 students, true story, I had three students come up to me and tell me that either their dad or their mom and dad listen on Fridays to my singing in this segment all the time. In fact, had one student come up to me and said, her dad said, my dad told me to tell you, he passed along his, his condolences about Jerry Wade passing because he listens to you every Friday mm. with, on JMV. So three students whose parents pay attention to this segment at 4 o'clock on Fridays came up and said their, their parents came along, their parents passed along some words to me. So that that tells you, A, how much people pay attention to your show, listening to my horrible ass singing at four o'clock on Fridays and B, know how much we love our R and B.
0: Yeah. And, and again, for uh, what the better part of three decades from, from Jerry Wade, that's, that's the impact that, that his voice and, and that show has had on, Generations around here, and that's, you know, once again, what made it it's so sad to hear that news earlier this week. But you know, so right in terms of you coming on today and and celebrating again something we do together every Friday, and and the reason why we do it was because of that impact of Jerry Wade on us.
3: Yeah, no, you're you're 100 correct on that, and and that's the thing. I mean, we're 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 old heads. I mean, let's yeah. be real, it's old heads and Jerry Wade was the king of old school R and B in this community for so so many so many years. I mean, I, I remember so many times when I was covering the Patriots leaving, you know, uh, you know, the then called Bankers Life Fieldhouse, now Gabriel's Fieldhouse, and listening it, you know, easing my mind as I'm listening to him with Jerry with that, you know, that romantic voice, you know, talking about we got some Patty LaBelle or some Gerald Le or some guy on. And just saying, that's how I kind of, you know, got off my high and writing the game story on deadline, to just chill back and listen to him on the way out.
0: Yeah. it, um, it It's special, and we'll have incredible memories. But uh, it was sad news, certainly with his passing earlier this week. as Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Crew Hotline. We'll move along to something certainly um, a lot less impactful was the ending of the Colts season. And then yesterday, the quarterback – Anthony Richardson, and uh, after year seven of the general managing of Chris Ballard met with the media, what would you gather out of that? What would you gather first with that Saturday loss and then moving forward? Because to me yesterday, Mike, it kind of felt like normalcy has struck again, and and not regarding losing, but just it wasn't coming off of a clown show. It wasn't coming off of got you know Carson wins, got get rid of him. He's awful. No, I mean, it came off where it felt like for the first time in a while, even with an incredibly disappointing loss, that the arrow for this group was pointed in the right direction.
3: Yeah, you know, it's it's weird. Um, how 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 I looked at it. Obviously let's, let's talk about Saturday first. You gotta have your dogs out there. You got I don't care that Donaldson Taylor was being Up, I mean he rushed for over a buck fifty. It's fourth and one. Yes, great play call, but you gotta have your horse out there. You gotta have him out there. He's been gashing the Texans up all game. And we talked about this last Friday. You can't take sentimental value and say, oh, my God, you know, they got nine wins. It was a better season than what everybody expected. Your season's on the line. A chance to go to the postseason. You're playing at home. Everything's in your favor. And you go out and lose that football game. So, there's no – that's inexcusable. They're not getting a free pass. season. They should not have done that. With that said, what I found interesting about Chris Ballard uh, when he talked to me yesterday, I kind of felt like he was relaxed. You know what I'm saying? So think about it. So 2017, at the end of the 2017 season, his press conference has to you know talking about having to get rid of Chuck Pagano, the head coach. 2018, Andrew Luck comes back, is great. 2019, he comes out with the comments about Jacoby that the verdict's still out on Jacoby set at quarterback. 2020, great. You know they didn't know about Phillip Rivers how much he was gonna play, so you had the quarterback questions again. We know how 2021 was. That was a straight. That was a advertiser – of a poo poo show that set up what he had to deal with last year. But this I felt like yesterday he kinda of felt calm. Like he felt calm out of the situation and believed that things, you know, that they're headed in the right direction, I think.
0: It's, um it was just it it felt there just wasn't a lot of crap to go over right i mean outside of what you mentioned and that's what i talked about on monday was that inexcusable loss and then i had a lot of colts fans say well you know what you're coming down too hard it was a great season regardless and then no i mean that that can have a profound effect in the negative on how you finish and that was an inexcusable at home situational finish and you know what you'll get to see that tomorrow i want you mike when Houston's hosting a home game as the AFC South champion uh, tomorrow against Cleveland in a very winnable postseason game, and I think Colts fans will get even more of a feeling <laughs> about how how unfortunate that loss was last Saturday night. Yeah, I mean,
3: listen, the loss, the loss sucked, and then for Jacksonville got lose and knowing had you won the game, you'd have been the AFC South champs for the first time since the. Uh, what, 2013 or 2014, 2015 season, that's like that's a gigantic kick in the kahunas, man. Yeah, that's brutal. What it, that's what it should feel like. It's like you got kicked in the kahunas, and you can't walk for days.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And, and the other thing is, too, it you could tell that Chris Ballard w- was certainly more calm another reason can be is i mean you're gonna have two more years to get this right so you're gonna be going into year number eight and year number nine hopefully to see some sort of of results but there's always going to be and i've mentioned this mike and i want to see if you follow me on this that it is going to take at least until november and that is consistently being on the field until November for Colts fans to thoroughly get the feeling that everything is going to be okay regarding Anthony Richardson. Is it going to be that timetable? Because essentially it's the timetable of his rookie season that he did not get a chance to play out. So we just reboot that right to coming up this year with Anthony Richardson in mind.
3: Yeah, it is. So I, I, I'm going to backtrack real quick and go yep. back to Yeah. I recall – at the in at the start of the season, when Anthony was clear, and Richardson was the starter. We talked about how this had bought Chris Ballard two more years at least. He he couldn't have got fired this year with a rookie quarterback. Yep. Based off of what happened this season, you know, the the I'm not going to say I'm not going to call it successful. Successful is the Super Bowl victory. Uh, based off them having a winning record with. Having to deal with backups at times, especially at quarterback, uh, releasing Shaq Leonard, missing Jonathan Taylor at times, does this put Chris Ballard in a position to be GM for
0: three, four more years? Oh, easy. Yeah, I said two. I said two, and yeah, he not he, like I forget how long his his contract extension was. Maybe it was four years. Uh, he's going to see. He's going to see most, if not all, that easily. Yeah, easily.
3: So, and I want to see if he's going to back it up by talking about the financial flexibility that they have. You know, to be—I mean, yeah. hey, how many how many years have we heard about financial flexibility and things like that when it comes to the Pacers and the Colts?
0: Well, and it's it's been way too long. I would ask you this: by now, so you go through what seven years now, right? Seven years of of leading this thing and with that philosophy that he first started with and obviously he has built and tried to build on both sides of the football up front with that philosophy but he has had to have changed right yeah. a little bit as far as what now is a winnable product compared to what his thought was in building a winnable product i mean he certainly has changed and uh, you've got uh, to me you've got to change even more profoundly moving forward right now I mean you you better recognize who your coach is who your quarterback is and understand what you're dealing with and not have the old school thoughts that he had when he first came in here or midway through his tenure here so far
3: listen we we talk about what they have I think the biggest I think probably I don't want to say surprise because you never want to not you you become a head coach for a reason what Shane Steichen did this season from a head coaching standpoint should clear the way to say okay we have the coach who is not gonna screw this up. We have a guy who can coach this team with the with, with no doesn't matter what personnel you have out there and get the job done. So that should even open up and make Chris Ballard and the front office say, Okay, we can go ahead and roll the dice and spend a little bit more, more money to upgrade the roster because Shane Sykin clearly is the right guy for it.
0: No, I buy that. I do. I I'm and I it just like, some people say, well, it doesn't have to change that dramatically. I, I think that it-, it does. I do. I-, I still think that there are significant steps that you need to take to make sure you build around what you believe to be your long-term future choice at quarterback. And there still is a lot of cobbling and piecing together that offensively. Make no mistake about it, right?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh- how sold are you on the wide receivers? Like, I mean, how? I mean, first of all, you got Michael Pittman in the contract situation, but as far as the, the wide receiving core, are you a big believer? Like, okay, these are the guys that they can rely on with Anthony Richardson, and be not just a wide receiving group, but be in the the top half, top third of the NFL when it comes to receivers.
0: I I actually think that if Pierce would have somebody occasionally look at him more than he's looked at, then maybe that could be a difference. We'll see. I mean, there hadn't been production-wise a lot of reasons for me to buy that or believe that, but I kind of do. Uh, I do believe in Michael Pittman Jr. I I think that he is just necessary for a variety of reasons here, but they are whether, you know, you hope to draft it somewhere or for me – I mean, is there any place you can find? We always have these diva like elite level wide receivers that get disenchanted with their spot and want to change in scenery. You know, this time of year going into, you know, the the winter months, can they find that? Can they upgrade? Because you absolutely have to. This is clearly. Mike, not enough. And I haven't even talked about the tight end position yet, but this is clearly not enough at wide receiver. And I know that 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 wears people out, because that's what we always talk about. But that doesn't make it any less of the truth. And to me, you would want to get somebody that has been down the path, somebody that you can count on coming in and getting immediate response and respect for a quarterback that is going to need surrounded by talent of that level. That's I think the path you have to take. I don't have a variety of names for you, but I think the blueprint of what is necessary with the quarterback that you have hand selected, you're moving long term forward with. I think that that path is relatively clear.
3: Oh yeah, everything you just said, I'm in agreement, on it. and you're right. I don't have a clear a clear view of like who what what the landscape is like out there, receiver wise, what they can do out there. But yeah, you you definitely need to add pieces. Um, you know, going going forward, I love that Ryan Kelly basically just laughed off and got mad about the whole rumored uh, retirement situation. I think Mike Chappell asked him about it during um, when they met with the media, met with the players at the end of the season. So uh, it, it's great. You know, I think officially we talk about wide receivers, you know, defensively, there's there's going to be some moves that have to be made. In my opinion, there's some there's some spots that need to be touched up defensively uh, in order for them to keep keep building off of. I found it interesting what Bauer said that talked about the whole Shaq Leonard situation. That basically EJ Speed was ready to become a starter. So essentially, what Bauer was saying is that EJ Speed's a better player than Sha- Shaq Leonard, who looked like he was going to be an elite defender throughout his entire career when he first started in the league.
0: Yeah, well, and that thing that thing fell apart pretty dramatically (laughs) did it not after a a couple of injuries it uh, went right down the hill mike wells of espn radio he's on the andy moore automotive group hotline i didn't want to change pace to you to the pacers uh the injury to tyrese halliburton which we all crossed our fingers and hoped that wouldn't happen and it did all right they they won that first time out at home against the wizards which you should you get atlanta tonight i would like to think they could get that. And in fact, with what's on their schedule out West, I think you absolutely have to get that. But did you notice as much as everybody else, including me, this offense, it is so dramatically different without Halliburton. I mean, you talk about being fun and dynamic. And even though they won, it was far from that. And that win a couple of nights ago against the Wizards, this going to be sustainable at least here in the short-term future, while Halliburton's coming back,
3: it's, it's going to be a cha- it's going to be a challenge because of what Halliburton does. You know, not not only from the scoring standpoint, but how he sets up his teammates for easy buckets. And it, it, it sucks that that's the case because you know Jay and I were at the uh, the, the uh, Pacers Celtics game last Saturday. I know um, they lost because Jalen Brown, put on a clinic out there and everything, but still. Just, just the buzz, and mind you, this is the same like the Coastal the Texans. Just the buzz inside of the field house, and being in that environment again, you can tell the excitement is there with the team, and for them to go out and win on Monday night, whether you know, I, I saw I was following your tweets and everything. You had people moaning and groaning um, about about calls and everything, and like you said, I mean, the Patriots got done dirty in that playoff series against the Cavs, but yeah. you 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 have to hope. For the better. You have to hope that while Halliburton's out there, that not only do they remain competitive, but they still some games that on paper they're not supposed to win. Because you, the last thing you want, especially with the All-Star game where five weeks away or whatnot, you don't want people to lose their buzz about what's been going on with this team so far.
0: No, I agree. I, I just... It was more discombobulated offensively. And And I made it a point to describe it this way. And it's just, I guess, because I watch Miles, you know, his his on-the-ball and off-the-ball action a lot. When he does the high ball screen action and then slips to the goal, you can tell there's a huge difference. Like when when it was Malcolm Brogdon, you could tell by his actions and response that he pretty much knew most of the time he wasn't going to get a look. When Halliburton – he, you could tell he's always ready, feeling that he's going to get that opportunity. And this is nothing against Bruce Brown or anybody else or, you know, Andrew Nembhard. But when he got in that action with either one of them, you could tell that he was, again, thinking that he wasn't going to get it. So I, I start right there with a difference. But there's a myriad of difference, including just his offense, that of Halliburton in general, which is just incredibly missing on what is going to be a really tough Western road swing here.
3: Yeah, cause that's a, it's a long one too, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I, I know it's normally long, but if I'm not mistaken, when I looked at the schedule, it looks like it's gonna be even longer than what um, than a normal routine West Coast uh, trip for the club. Yeah, they I got
0: they got that dreaded mountain time zone to mountain time zone back to back. They go from Denver on Sunday afternoon to Salt Lake City on Monday night, and you knew Ooh, this that, covering covering the NBA. NBA players hate that.
3: That high altitude kicks your butt, man. And that altitude kicks your butt, and then you always have the opportunity. You usually, have a little lag when you write when you come back home and stuff because you're tired of coming off the trip. So right. it, it, it'll 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 be um, it'll be interesting how it plays out. Hey Chip, I know it's almost time for you to kick me off the air. Who do you got winning? Who do, who's in
0: the Super Bowl for you? I picked uh, earlier today the 49ers and the Bills, and the 49ers to win it. I like that. I I don't know why I went with the Bills. I wanted to go – I wanted to have a rep. I wanted to have a rep that was playing this weekend because I do buy into teams that win on this opening weekend have a head start over those that don't. And I wanted to take a team that was playing this weekend. And I went ahead – I don't know why. They're going to have weather, too. I chose Buffalo over – Pittsburgh, I didn't want Pittsburgh. I didn't think Pittsburgh was going to go to the Super Bowl, but I think Buffalo can get even under those weather conditions a good head start at it. And with their quarterback, their offense, and mixing some defense can be an issue. So I have the Niners and the Bills in the Super Bowl, and the Niners winning it.
3: So no, no faith that you think Lamar Lamar uh, regular season regular nah. season
0: you know, I, I thought about that. I just um man, I, I just I think sitting out that first weekend sometimes it takes you, you know, a, a quarter or a half to get kick started. And if your defense is is not up to playing at the level when it should, you can get behind the eight ball pretty quick. So I don't know if that is gonna be an issue for them. I just wanted to make sure I took one team from this opening weekend of the postseason that I think is going to get off to a roll. And then, you know, the Bills probably get rolled up this weekend and everybody laughs at me. So the Niners and the Bills, I guess it, it would be. I, I think I think the 49ers are just going to be in the NFC too good on either side of the football consistently to be able to deal with, even with some of the questions you would have with Brock Purdy that loom.
3: Yeah. Hey, um, I got to get ready for him, brother. But we are basically a week and a couple of days away from uh... – Brownsburg West Middle School and a little <laughs> Centro Central on uh, January 22nd. Uh, man, are you, a, I think, 630 or 645 tip? Are you going to be able to get down
0: there? I'm going to I'm gonna try to roll some tape here and see if I can. I haven't been to one yet. They've played, uh, I think they played Franklin this week and Greenwood Christian last night. and They've won both those. I have not been yet. But yes, I will tape at least and be, or do something and be down there. I'm going to try to go to one next week. I think they have either New Pal or or Whiteland or somebody next week. I am going to try to go to that, but not nah, Laney's Laney's digging it. Laney's digging it. Likes her coach. Um, girls all get along. Good start to the season so far. I, I like to hear that,
3: brother. Hey man, you have a great, great weekend. Um, I like to
0: I like to hear it too, because <laughs> last year stunk. <laughs> so, yeah, hey,
3: I wasn't going to say anything this time. I was going to let you ride. I am trying one. to.
0: I am trying to be nice, man. I want to lower the boom on somebody's ass, but it, I want to be nice about it, so I am trying to be.
3: No, nah, man. Yeah, have a great weekend, man. I'm about to drop one kid off at basketball practice, drop Kay off at practice, and then uh, pick up your girl Layla sitting in the parking lot, and she's going to tell me to wait on the curb because she doesn't want to get wet walking to the car. So,
2: <laughs> Well, tell her, tell her we miss her, and we'll see her soon. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up,
0: On the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, the voice of the Hoosiers, moving him up because he's got a Friday night game to call tonight, which I'm sure he is very excited about as always because he loves doing those Hoosier games, and especially when they fall into the Friday evening, early evening category. Don Fisher joins us, who sounds like he's on the road down to Bloomington right now. Hello, Don.
4: Hi John, I am on the road down to Bloomington. Just basically headed out for Greenwood.
0: Oh, so you're I'm trying to think right now. You're going down that that brand new stretch where it looks so good and they're still doing all. Oh, what do you think about I-69? All those years on 37 and stop lights and the top of the hill in Martinsville. This is going to be a Don Fisher dream commute now from Greenwood to Bloomington, doesn't it?
4: Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty much a dream come true, John. There's no question about it. <laughs> And, of course, if you think about this, John, it was a two-lane highway, uh, or uh, Route 37 was a two-lane highway when I got, actually, it was a a one-lane-each-way highway when I first got here in 1973.
0: Did you did you have to take the back road past Lake Lemon to get there too? <laughs> I, I, I did that a couple times. Yeah. yeah, that's that's old 37, I think, cuts a path out past yep. Lake Lemon. That's when, when all this construction was going on. It, it, we, we talked about this a number of times, especially during the IU football season where everybody was mad about that, and those were some of those shortcuts that people were taking to try to get there and miss out on all that traffic. But, yeah, the, the evolution has been amazing of 37 now to 69.
4: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, and this, you know, It's not completed yet, but it's close and you can drive like it's completed. <laughs>
0: yeah. I get a feeling you drove like it was completed well before today. On occasion, yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> that is what they say. No doubt about that. Don Fisher joins us. I mentioned this earlier. Um, I, I don't know what you're going to get to call tonight, but I do know this: if you've got any dream whatsoever to reach a goal to go to the NCAA tournament, you're in a situation right now where you can't jack around and lose home games, and this is one of them tonight.
4: There's just no question about it, John. I mean, obviously, Indiana doesn't have maybe one or two quad wins on the season. That's it. And it's going to take a lot more than that. And, of course, the Big Ten is is—it's such a scramble this year. There's so many teams that have approved, that have gotten, are not as good as they were in the past. But there, there's nobody in this league, with the exception of Purdue, and Purdue has been beaten twice already, so I don't know yeah. what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I just don't think there's anybody you could take lightly, and you've got to play your best basketball almost every time out. And right, ta- right now, Indiana's not doing that, especially when they take to the road. And if they would happen to get knocked off by Minnesota tonight, another team that's gotten dramatically improved over a year ago, uh, this is going to be a real test of wills as the season progresses, to say the least.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what to say. If they go in there and look anywhere near the part they did in Jersey on Tuesday night, I, I don't know. At home with you know, obviously what is now on the line and how you played, and and clearly I'm sure with the coaches you have to be all over their ass about this. I, I don't know what to say if they go in there and put any any kind of the effort that we saw on Tuesday night in that home game tonight. Well,
1: you know, John, I
4: can't. I can't like. But it, it appears to me that this basketball team right now it doesn't have a personality. It doesn't have something you could count on, game in and game out. But what, what did Mike Woodson bring to the table when he got here? He said, we're going to be defense first. Well, they were that pretty much the last two years. And this year, I don't see that. I mean, this defense is not playing up to those expectations. And if you're not a good defensive basketball team, you're probably not going to win very many games. Why did Rutgers beat Indiana? Because they were tougher than nails at the defensive end of the floor this past week. And that was one of the reasons Indiana lost that ball game. Uh, Obviously, if, if they continue to play sporadically like this, and especially so when they go on the road, their chances of making the NCAA tournament are Slim and none, and
0: Slim may have just left town. I was listening to Eric the other night, and I thought he was right on target, and it, it, they would give you maybe a possession or two where you think they're going to wake up and start playing, and then they would go through that that half-asleep slog again, and it's almost like it, at some point, you, you just don't have any answers for it, but it, I, I could tell Eric, you know, wanted to get into it, okay, well now, here's the start now, you, you know, maybe if you're talking to about somebody in the starting lineup. Maybe it was, you know, C.J. Gunn for a moment. But those possessions are fleeting, and the more of what we see is the more of that disappointing level of basketball that, for the most part, we witnessed on Tuesday night.
4: Yep, I I agree with you. Uh, Here's the other thing, John. Xavier Johnson, you know, he does something really stupid. Uh, in, In this situation that he was in on against Rutgers on Tuesday, he gets tossed from the ball game. He wasn't playing well anyway, but that's beside the point. He is still one of your leaders as a co-captain. He's a six-year player. He can't do something that silly, put himself in a position to get booted, and then look what happens to the rest of the ball club. If you don't think that psychologically he's getting kicked out of that ball game was significant, then you don't know anything about players today because these guys are affected by those kinds of things. If your leader gets kicked out for something that silly, you're in trouble and they obviously were in trouble in that scenario
0: well and and i've had people tell me this too and this is i I think this to me is true it just the observation is that he's supposed to be you know a a leader a six-year guy a 24-year-old and he's been mostly an incredible drag and you' you you're almost at times you know, if that's what you're going to get you're, you're better off without him because he did you're right. he just drags others down with that level
1: Yeah, and it's like I said
4: it's a psychological thing for the rest of the team because he's supposed he's supposed to be your leader he's supposed to be one of the two guys on this team that's a senior or three you want to count Anthony Walker but he's not been around. the rest of these the other two guys have been around now for three years. And and without question, Trey Galloway is a great guy, a great kid, a really good basketball player. He's a tough kid. He plays hard all the time. But he's not that vocal guy. He's not the alpha male type guy out there. He's just not that guy. That's why Xavier Johnson's role is critical if is going to be successful. And if he's not out there and if he's not playing up to his standard or what the team's standard is for him, Uh, this ball club is in real trouble right now.
0: So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, 6.30 is the tip time. So 5.30, that's why Don's hustling ass down to Bloomington right now. You can hear it in the background because they're going to get on board and do a little pregame show at about 5.30 and get you set for Friday night, college basketball in Bloomington at Assembly Hall. And, you know, Minnesota may not all of a sudden pop off the page and go, oh, wow, this is a really good team. They've won seven straight, eight of nine, only one loss in the Big Ten. I believe that was a 10-point loss at Ohio state going back to december this team is legit and going to be an issue for iu tonight
4: there's no question about that i mean ben johnson has finally got himself a ball club last year he played i think four freshmen quite a bit uh he's got Dawson garcia back who transferred in last year from north carolina he's a big time player he's six eleven. he's a big man inside he's helped lead this ball club he knows what he's doing because he's been in the system for a year-plus now. Uh, they've got some very talented uh, transfers in. Elijah Hawkins is lighting it up with uh, assists. I think he's maybe fifth in the country and assists. One of the best in the country, period. He's leading the Big Ten in that department. He's very quick. Uh, he gets the ball where it's supposed to go. They've got other scores on this team. The pain kid I watched against Maryland, who's a sophomore now, He's a beast inside, Six nine, two fifty five, 255, uh, and he is playing really well this ball club. I mean, they've got all the pieces to be a factor in this league this year. And if Indiana doesn't recognize that, it doesn't play up to their capability tonight, they're going to have a very difficult time.
0: Don Fisher joins us. Dawson Garcia, among, I believe, the four guys that they have averaging in double figures, he's at the top of the list, nearly 17 and nearly eight rebounds a game. And those strong type of guys, it that seems like that, that kind of forever gives IU an issue right there. I, I just, I would love to be able to see, I mean, I want I want to get selfish and talk about, you know, 40 minutes and that's great. But just cobble together something in each half where you can get to feel good about it. And then you can feel even better about yourself because this looked like a team that was going through the motions and you can't have any level of that tonight.
4: None, none whatsoever. The, the, the thing that maybe uh, – the thing that's probably the best help tonight is we're back on the Simon Scott Assembly Hall floor. Uh, this crowd will be into it tonight. They will try to help this team energize itself. That's probably what bothers me the most, though, John, is that this ball club doesn't understand how to do that when they go out on the road. If they did understand how to do that, we wouldn't have seen the performances we've seen against Nebraska and against Rutgers here as we start January.
0: It's Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. Again, 530. It's uh, John. It's Eric. It's Don on the uh, pregame show. Again, that's 93 WIBC. And let me tell you this, schedule makers, uh, and this is for the IU folks down there too. Um, If you're going to make Don go down there and call a game on a Friday night, players um, get into this and don't jack around and give him a product that is worthy of calling. On a Friday night, Don's on the road right now. He's going to be there. Give him a product that he can get excited. About this evening, I think that's where we start.
4: <laughs> that would be really good. <laughs> thank you for thank you for jacking the team up. I, I up mean, me.
0: I that was really Don. My situation the other night, and of course, I'm I'm a big radio geek, so I always listen to you guys. But for the first time ever, I got Peacock. And I got it with those back to back games in mind on Tuesday, and nobody has been screwed more than I was on that Tuesday night when I got Peacock and watched both of those games, IU and Purdue. Complete screw job. So I'm a little bitter. I'm a little bit salty out of that.
4: <laughs> well I'm glad to hear it, John. <laughs> Just make- People to the IU radio broadcast.
0: <laughs> I just I I enjoy listening to Eric because I know Eric wants to run out there and say, "Would you guys get your asses in gear here?" But you know he can't. But I know he does. I know that he does. So
4: well, it was probably one of the more I can't I can't speak for Eric. I know what he was thinking, but I, I was so disillusioned. I was so upset because I didn't think Indiana played very good in any way, shape, or form in that ball game. And, of course, you know, they, they held Rutgers to 33%. I said held them, which is a misnomer because Rutgers can't shoot the basketball. No. They're just not a good shooting team in any way, shape, or form. And you could have said that about Indiana a couple of years ago. But but the fact of the matter is they're not a good shooting team. And so if you take any solace in the fact that Indiana held the 38, 33% of the ball game, you are looking at fool's gold because yeah. – their shots, they got shots. They got shots that most people make. Uh, and obviously, that because our defense was not out on them like we. Should be and have been occasionally this year.
0: And you bring up a great point because there are a lot of people that closely follow this basketball program right now, and they're looking for anything to hang that hat on. And that's one of those things because you don't get the results, and then you don't, you know, you don't pass the eyeball test. So you got to look at these stats to make yourself feel better. And you're right. Yeah. I mean, that is fool's gold. Yeah,
4: it is. There's no question about it. Um, that that's where. That's where tonight, if, if they play like they're capable of playing at the defensive end of the floor, they will give themselves a great chance to win the ball game. There's going to be nights where you don't shoot well, but you can always bring defense, and that's going to be a real critical factor in this
0: matchup. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. He's got you 530 pregame show, 93 WIBC for the Friday Night Affair with the Golden Gophers of Minnesota and IU. Don's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So I got you. I got you from Smith Valley Road, I'm assuming. Smith Valley Road all the way to, I'm going to guess right now, you are, you drive fast. You're the uh, Hoosier National Forest, the Morgan Monroe Forest area.
4: I'm really, right now, going through Martinsville.
0: What? Uh, See, I thought you were driving faster than that. You're not driving as fast as I thought.
4: No, I I had to slow it down because there's cars in front of me.
0: (laughs) Well, well, here's another reason why. Because hot sauce is poured all over the road around Martinsville now. Why? I don't know. You know you, you get this brand new, you know, I-69 and you can get places faster and then they're going they're going to pinch you down there if they catch you over the speed limit. I've noticed that recently. They all they sit like Bonnie Fife and hide there in the bushes like right there by Martinsville High School in the median right there.
4: <laughs> I've seen them there too, but I do have this little thing in my car that tells me they're there ahead of time. <laughs>
0: uh, I just I just go I go on thought and I, brake lights. If somebody's braking well in front of me, I know that uh, that Fife may be sitting in the bushes right there under <laughs> under the overpass that takes you to Walmart.
4: Does does they get upset with you on uh, because of, you call a Fife?
0: I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably maybe. Well, I mean that's what when the hiding stuff gets on my nerves. I mean, you don't need to hide. You don't need to be hiding. You know what I mean? Why are we hiding? <laughs> man's got to do what he's got to do John. <laughs> got to do it Ding that cash register down there it's just i i thought i had these visions just like you they crack open i-69 and i guess because where i'm from there's no cops and no speed limit and you can basically drive as fast as you want on the red deck autobahn you get south to bloomington and there are no rules you just do whatever so maybe i'm just used to that <laughs> <laughs> well
4: i i wouldn't mind that either i drove from uh mendota illinois or actually from Duke montana to mendota illinois one time and there was no speed limit until you got to i think it was uh nebraska
0: <laughs> you and probably got kidding. there about two hours <laughs> I, I'm
4: not kidding. I, trust me nobody has driven faster from Butte, montana to mendota illinois than me
0: that's ever. beautiful that is be- i'm telling you what with your lead foot you could get from south of bloomington to evansville in about 45 minutes
4: i'm not sure of that but i might try it sometime
0: (laughs) yeah and i want to clarify here from jeremiah that it is barney fife i referenced and not dane fife dane fife is not waiting in the bushes in martinsville so he's probably listening right now and say you didn't say me did you so the wrong right there all right, man. No,
4: I do. I know who you were uh, alluding
0: to. <laughs> All right, have a great call tonight. Uh, get them fired up, because that's uh, certainly a must-win necessity in Bloomington tonight, Don. I appreciate you. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it, bud. Don yeah. Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. Uh,
2: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up,
0: Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, going to be loaded up and ready to go for a busy weekend beginning later on tonight. And Bob joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Hello, Bob. How are you? Hey, John. How are you, Bob? I'm fantastic. We got a busy weekend for you. Where do you want to begin? Um, it's your show, pal. I'll, I'll, oh, I'll how about how about, about some of these these county tournaments we got going yeah. on? Already underway, or just just about ready to get underway? How about starting there with the fellas? What? Well,
5: it's the cool thing about basketball, high school basketball in our state is, you know, you get through you know, the holidays you have a lot of holiday tournaments. It seems like you have more and more holiday tournaments. And then when you come out of those, you literally go right into your um, county attorneys or city tourneys or what yeah. have you. So, um, yeah, it's a perfect, it's a perfect time of year. And wish the weather was going to be better, but you know how this goes. It's yeah. It,
0: it's almost like it's, it, it's what you expect And we haven't, at least in my recollection, we haven't seen this type of weather like this, right, or expected like this. I mean, it's been a while. This is what we used to expect all the time. You know, it's kind of like the sectional snow. But in January, I mean, I remember once upon a time we played in an unheated Sullivan gymnasium, I think back in 1985 or something. And I swear to you, there was no way it was above 40 degrees no way no way had to keep the cars like the parents had to keep the cars running and the bus running outside i mean those are the days that we have a great deal of of remembrance about and embrace about it just kind of seems like weather-wise it it hasn't been that this is like the first time in a while it feels that way i guess maybe i'm wrong but that's the way it feels go
5: back go back through football it was uh one of the first seasons in a while where you haven't had some violent weather, thunderstorms, and those kinds of things on Friday nights. We managed to literally get through the football season without any problems. And so I guess we're paying the price for that. Uh, but it, you know, it does have that feel of a, <laughs> of a sectional tournament yeah. for heaven's sake, weather-wise, Marion, it Ca- really
0: does. Marion County tournament. I'm sure Bob will be talking about that on Sports Talk later on tonight. Uh, you get the semifinals: North Central and LN at six. You get Franklin Central and Warren. Pretty good matchups on those semifinals tonight.
5: They really are, and, and you know, you you look at it, and I, I think the county's balanced. There's, you know, it's a situation where. You know, ln has been good all year long. I mean, really, really good, playing at a high, high level. Uh, North Central is getting better and better. So I think anytime you have uh, those types of teams that are getting better, and have good players, you know, it means you have a pretty good tournament. And Franklin Central is playing better. I think it's just one of those kinds of situations where literally everybody, everybody at this point is really playing pretty good basketball to be honest and you're far enough into it where you kind of have an idea of where your team is and what you're about and I think what you're finding out is some really 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 good basketball teams in in Marion County I, I just think it's going to be a fun matchup uh, as you point out uh, North Central LN opens it up and in Franklin Central Warren Central I'm not sure there's a favorite among those four. I think they're pretty balanced and evenly matched teams.
0: Yeah, you know what? And for the most part, in Marion County at least, that's that's how it has looked so far uh-huh. this season. Uh-huh. You know, it's kind of playing out that way.
5: Seems to be, and I think uh, it's you know bodes well. We're we're doing the pairing. Greg Gregster uh, and I are doing the girls' pairing show on Sunday, Crazy. which means the boys' yep. pairing show not far away, and so. Uh, You're already looking at sectional 10 and other sectionals that are always good and how good these are going to be. So this is a foreboding of what kind of tournament we're going to have.
0: Yeah, it's a Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk tonight, tomorrow night. You got to covered across the state of Indiana, including both girls and boys' high school basketball. We mentioned the semifinals in the Marion County Tournament tonight. Uh, you got the Evansville-Harrison Classic, which is big down in the pocket city with yeah, a handful yeah. of Evansville teams, including Bossy and Wrights and Harrison. I think Ritter is down there as well. Castle, right, from southern Indiana is a part of that, too. That's a big one in southern Indiana.
5: Well, it's a great tournament because um, obviously you, they know a lot about one another. Um, I think it's good, too. That you, you're talking about a, a, as evenly matched as the Marion County tourney is. This is the same thing. This is a pretty evenly matched uh, tourney. You always about how good Bossy is and deservedly so. Wrights is playing um, reasonably well. Castle's having a, another good year. So, um, be very interesting to see all, how all that plays out without question. Uh, you got the Delaware County Touring. Uh Some really good teams in that one. Westdale and Delta play tonight. Yorktown and Wapahani. Delta and Wapahani ranked in the top ten in their yep. respective classes. And so you have, you know, really, really solid, solid basketball throughout the weekend. And uh, before you know it, as I mentioned, before you know it, you're going to be tipping it off for the girls' state finals.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy to think about you guys are doing the pairing show coming up on Sunday, correct, for the girls? Sunday night, five to seven. Make sure you're there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the the girls season has been loaded quick. too. Like I'm, I yeah, yeah, it's been very quick. There's no doubt. I I think about just where I'm from, and uh, yeah, Kevin Suckbyer's got his girls a one loss center Grove team that has been as good as anybody across right. the board so far this year.
5: Well, you talk about balance. I mean, look at look at the girls. I mean, it's it's just it's. I'm just I'm truly amazed. It seems like every year. Uh, we get better and better, more better teams, which is, you know, and it's a really cool thing without question. And so, you know, some really, really good matchups tonight. You're at a point of year where you really need to be playing particularly well and As I mentioned, you'll find out who you're going to play on Sunday, and it's always an exciting night uh, to figure out who you're going to play to get ready for the tourney. So that's where we are on the girls' side.
0: You mentioned, Bob, the weather a little bit earlier. So a Twitter or ex-follower, if you will, of all of our shows named Ebert says, Snow Day with the fan in northwest Illinois. 14 inches of snow since Wednesday. No thank you. Well,
5: hopefully that's uh, not coming <laughs> coming here.
0: You know what No, I mean? we're,
5: thank we're, you. <laughs> we're hopeful that that stays in Illinois or goes into Wisconsin or Michigan. Yes. One of those kinds of deals.
0: Yeah, no question. Uh, Bob Lovell joins us. Also, the college game. You'll be having, I'm sure, conversations <laughs> about IU, Illinois. Right, check that, IU, Minnesota tonight uh-huh. down in Bloomington is underway at 630. You talk about an IU team that that now – I mean, you got to try to sprinkle in some some wins on the road. There's no doubt about that. But there is no doubt you have to win your home games. I mean, normally that would be the case anyway. But it is even more priority than we have seen. You have got to win your home games. This group has to show some sort of spark, especially considering what we didn't see out of them in Rutgers earlier this week. And it just what was a, a dismal all the way around performance by that group? Yeah, it was
5: disappointing to say the least. and I, I think they've obviously put themselves in a position uh, that you don't want to be in. Number one, it's hard to win on the road even when you have a good team. Uh, And um, and the percentages percentages are in your favor if you're playing at home in conference play. I've talked about this before a number number of times. Home team wins 60 percent or more in conference play, irrespective of which conference. And so you're going against the odds. And secondly, games again it's it's a game of trends, John. And so what makes you think that IU has done anything to this point? that will give you confidence that they can turn things around and play better on the road that's what would concern me is this is where they are I think you're at a point in the season where you want to know who you are and what you are as a team unfortunately uh, they're trying to tell you something and so yeah they've got to start to, they got to start to string wins it doesn't matter whether it's at home or on the road they got to start putting some wins together uh, to, to, there's a lot of basketball to be played and I think they have time. But clearly, I think it's a a disappointing run in many ways to this point.
0: No, and and you're right about that. What would make you believe that they can turn it around and start playing a consistent level of basketball? And I, I guess the all that stands between, you know, the doubters, as we might be right now, would be those fans that just have a level of expectation. Because they mm-hmm. do give you moments. They will sometimes give you oh, moments yeah. where you're yeah. going, hey, you know, this thing is turning the corner. And then they give you a game like they did earlier this week in Rutgers where it looks like this thing is absolutely flying in reverse and there is no hope whatsoever. So it it, it, it would it – would, I tell you, a dominant performance would do, I think, everybody a great deal of good in Bloomington tonight if they can find that footing.
3: I couldn't agree
5: with you more because uh, think about, you know, we have short memories as fans. <laughs> it clearly is a what have you done for me lately kind of deal. And so you get a big win, a blowout win if you can tonight at home against uh, Minnesota. And then we're not talking like this. We're talking about, yeah, they've got a chance. They're going to get better. They can start to put some things together. And so, It's just the fickleness and the nature of uh, being fans and being observers of basketball or whatever sport. Wins take care of a multitude of sins, for heaven's sakes.
0: Tuesday night was a massive disappointment across the board, including me finally signing up for Peacock and then getting dealt (laughs) back-to-back blows from both IU and Purdue in the process, that Boilermaker game. And you can make the argument, well, you know, this is what Nebraska is doing right now, playing well. But I'm sorry, you – you hold them to a much higher standard. You have to – their defense have to be better. Taking care of the ball has to be better. And consistency all the way around. And and, and what kind of worries me, and I, and I bring this up often, and it kind of seems like that I'm bagging on him and I'm not, but a guy like Fletcher Lawyer, if, if he is not stroking the jumper, and especially when he's given the opportunity to shoot it, meaning he's getting looks – Sometimes he doesn't balance things out, and you have to go to the bench as Matt Painter did in the second half and set him down to start the second half. and And I know that Matt Matt kind of went to the bag, the bag of tricks, if you will, and that still didn't work. And I know it could be just a blip on the radar. What Boilermaker fans care about is March, but it was highly disappointed across the board because the Boilers. You thought they were going to jump back into it, right. and then right. you know, midway through the second half and toward the end, just fell further and further. back behind and, and didn't offer up a lot of resistance late that was disappointing
5: well it was disappointing and because it's um you know not necessarily something that they do you think of purdue as being a tough-minded group of guys who who battle you and um this one just kind of got away from them remember you know you, you gotta knock the ball down lawyer uh i i just got the sense that he was uh was not confident wasn't comfortable uh in, in terms of knocking down jump shots and carries a lot of it carries a lot of burden John I think he, everyone knows it's a purdue team that if their perimeter guys can shoot the basketball they're a very difficult team to to beat and I also think right. that it's a team that uh, it doesn't take good enough care of the basketball you'd like for them to clean clean that up obviously I think the other part of it is I think Matt would tell you that uh, they need to get better defensively. They yes. really need to have a more consistent effort on the defensive end, and so it just seems like those particular things conspired against them uh, earlier in the week.
0: Yes, uh, Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk tonight, tomorrow night. I don't want to go without mentioning Butler too, because we're kind of waiting on that that Butler big win. And we thought maybe last Friday night against Yukon they had a halftime advantage, and uh-huh, uh-huh. maybe against the defending national champions, that would be it. It was not. But they go on the road to Marquette, a very difficult place to play earlier this week. That was on Wednesday, and get that win over uh number eleven Marquette. That that's that's one right there that if you're Thad Body, you hope that your group can play off of because that's a hell of an effort on Wednesday night.
5: Well, it's a great point. It was a great effort, and especially in the sense that you're not playing particularly well in league play. And um, I think it's it's very encouraging for, for the dogs, uh, obviously encouraging for Thad. question, though, is, as you point out, can you back it up? Can you keep going? And so um, I just think they're so much better than they were a year ago. I think they're a little bit further along than a lot of people, including me, thought they would be uh i I like it i like their team a lot i think they're they have a lot of great basketball ahead of them because they can shoot the ball that's number one and number two uh they're going to defend you and so you know i think the other part you have to think about john it addresses how good the big east really is i mean it is truly it it's tremendous, and they'll get a challenge tonight from Seton Hall. I don't think there's any question. I think
0: that'll be a great basketball game. Yeah, uh, Seton Hall, I mentioned, I think Penn State is uh, with Purdue coming up tomorrow. That's their matchup at home against Penn State coming up tomorrow. You mentioned tomorrow with uh, Seton Hall, and Marquette, and, of course, IU coming up later on tonight at 630, which you can hear over on 93 WIBC in their game. A must-win at home versus Minnesota. All right, tonight, tomorrow night, you locked and loaded, ready to go?
5: Ready to go. I wish the show started at three or three thirty.
0: How's that? <laughs> well I'm we, so could've, ready. we could've
5: we could've started three thirty.
0: I could've let you go ahead and just have this three hours right here as a bit of a springboard for you. We yeah, could have done yeah, that. Just have this
5: next three hours as a warm up for the show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, my brother. I appreciate you. Have a great oh, weekend. Thanks. Stay warm.
5: You too. Thanks.